there, and welcome back to Very Cool with Tyler Q. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Q, and this is episode 35 of the podcast. First of all, I'd like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night, and to all a good podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Anyways, this is episode 35 of the podcast. We've got my buddy Shane Hall. This is another phone interview I've done. Sorry for the phone interviews. I would really prefer to do them in person, but this one was kind of special because I've been wanting to talk to Shane for a while. We're going to talk about Rockies, Mariners. We're going to talk music, quite a bit about music, actually. Shane grew up in the Colorado, I guess you'd call it like screamo hardcore scene back in the early 2000s. We're going to talk about that, how that shaped his musical tastes. He also does his own musical project called The Circuit Death, which we're going to get into. It's really cool stuff. He'll tell you, about, he'll tell you more about it in the podcast, obviously. But anyways, we're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about living in the Pacific Northwest. It's a super fun episode. Like I said, it's on the phone. We're going to get it to sound as good as possible, I swear. Shane, freaking rules. I like Shane a lot. He's cool. This is a really fun episode. Trying to get it to you guys for your Christmas travels, whatever you guys are doing on Christmas. Our Christmas, as we say over here at the podcast. But anyways, I think we should get to that one. Let's freaking do it. Welcome back to Very Cool with Tyler Q. I've got a I've got an awesome guest today. Um, his name is Shane Hall. He's one of my uh, Rockies Twitter buddies, and he's joining me at 10 p.m. Mountain Time. I should be in bed, but he's uh like I said, it's the <laughs> it's the weekend, so we're both getting crazy here. So how you doing, Shane? Doing good, man. I'm glad to be on. It's awesome. Yeah, glad I'm, you asked me. I'm, I'm super pumped to have you on. I've been I've been kind of having this idea of getting um. A lot of the Rocky. I want to try to get all the Rockies dudes. Like I said, I've had like Rio and Brian and Nick. Yeah. And uh, right. Hayden on a couple of times. So it'll be fun to kind of let everybody else into our world and kind of what's going on with Rockies Twitter and stuff. Yeah, so, for sure. So, it, is um, a, it is a unique world. Are you uh, currently broadcasting from the T Mobile ballpark? <laughs> Sorry, is that no, I'm. <laughs> that's, yes. what, that's it. I know. They just, they're calling it that now, right? That's uh yeah, that's what it is. So uh I don't know. Uh I'm gonna try and get it uh we're gonna try and get the nickname the cell going. We'll see how that goes, but uh I think that'd be fun. It's so um, weird when your ballpark like just decides to change names out of nowhere and you don't really like I don't know, it's just, like if Coors yeah, Field was to change it would feel so it would feel so weird, right? Oh man, it'd be awful. Like even like like the stupid uh, Broncos stadium. Okay, it's like all right, everybody calls it Mile High. That's what it is. It's always been Mile High. We stuck the Invesco on the front. Whatever, that's fine. Sports Authority. Nobody really cares. But it's like oh, we lost the sponsor, and it's just Broncos Stadium. Yeah, because it's it, like it doesn't okay. even it doesn't even have a name yet, right? No, yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to pony up for a sponsorship. That's so, so funny. That's just, just Broncos land. That's it. So you, 
I mean, if people don't know, you are from, you currently live in Seattle, right? Uh, yeah, actually, well, I live, uh, well, first off, now I live in Tacoma. Nice. Um, we, we bought a house in Tacoma, but, uh, but yeah, so, up how, in the Northwest. How is, how is being a homeowner? Uh, it's, uh, pretty cool. It's, um, expensive, um, but, uh, it's, it's worth it. I'm, like, I don't know, I still, like, uh, you know, we've lived in this house for, uh, probably about five months now. Still kind of pinching myself, like, oh, we have a house, like, this is awesome. Like, we had had a, a condo for, for a couple of years, yeah. but, um, you know, like, you own it, but, like, it feels like apartment living, like, it's just pretty, you know, it's fine for two people once we start to have kids. It's yeah. like, this is way too small, um, but, uh... But yeah, you know, I'm like slowly figuring all the things, figuring out all the things I'm like supposed to do as a homeowner. Like, oh, like I have to winterize my pipes. Like, what is that about? Like, that's, <laughs> that's a dumb thing that yeah. you have to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, I have to remember to put the trash out, you know, just like all the dumb things like that that you're like, owning a home is going to be cool. Yeah. And, where, you, uh, where are you from? All this, like, where are you from originally? You're from you're from Colorado, right? Yeah, I am. So so we hopped around a bit. So I was born in uh, Loveland, um, and we lived there until I was about four. Then we moved. Actually, lived in uh, Idaho for a couple years. Oh, nice. And well, then what part of Idaho? Moved, uh, uh, Caldwell, okay. Caldwell, Idaho, over kind of by uh, Nampa. Um, if anybody knows where that is, so it's kind of um, like it's like. Uh, it's kind of southern Idaho, like right? Western, yeah, yeah. Like kind of southwestern, yeah. Um, and uh, so then we moved to uh, Olympia, Washington, and so I was there all through elementary school, and so that's kind of where like my split, like Mariners Rockies allegiance, comes from. Gotcha. Uh, the Rockies didn't exist when we moved from Colorado, so like you know, I had no attachment there. Moved to Washington as a kid, and like you know. <laughs> King Griffey Jr. is the coolest man alive, yeah. and so, like, naturally, you're a Mariners fan at that point. Um, Where'd you go to high school at? Yeah, so then, what's that? Where'd you go to high school at? Uh, so, yeah, so then we moved back to Colorado, down to uh, Pueblo West. Gotcha. Um, that's the, uh, the high-class version of Pueblo, Colorado. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's where I went to middle school and high school, went to Pueblo West High School. Uh, graduated in 2007, um, and uh, yeah, lived there for a few more years until I moved back out this way. Nice. What um did you get married? Where'd you meet your wife at? Uh, so I met her uh, when I moved back out here. Okay, so gotcha. I was in Colorado and uh, had gone to actually went to uh, uh, CSU Pueblo for a couple years and uh, just kind of was spinning my wheels didn't really know what I wanted to do and uh, my brother um, who we'll get to later I'm sure yeah. um, he, <laughs> he lives out on the coast in Oregon and uh, so I was like oh I'm going to move out there by by him and there's like a, um, a little like cheap like one year Bible school he had told me about you know we grew up in church and stuff and so I was like oh I'll go check this out and kind of see what it's about and uh, I met my wife there, and she's from up here. She's from, uh, like, Kent, Washington. And so uh, after that one year, I moved up here to be with her, and uh, the rest is history. Nice, man. So are yeah. you, um, 
do you prefer like Colorado living or like obviously you're pretty used to living in the Northwest? Like, what is what do you prefer out of both of those? Yeah, uh, I miss the sun. Is the main thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, I don't. I don't remember it bothering me as much when I was a kid. But like when I moved back here, like man, just like when you hit those stretches where it's just like weeks of oppressive gray and drizzle. It's like, such a. It's such a it weird like. To me, like, like the Seattle thing or like Northwest thing is such a like stereotypical thing to like be like man it rains and it's gloomy all the time but it's like yeah. it's like really like that though right yeah it, it doesn't like it doesn't like actually rain as much as people think it does like as far as the volume of rain but it's like it's almost worse just because it's just gray for so long and you're like just do something and then it's like this you know little crappy drizzle that yeah. just is annoying and like yeah so like after a while, I'm like, I just want the sun to break through the clouds and like get some vitamin D. <laughs> like, what's my like, wife makes fun of me? Do, she's like, you, you know, go she's lived her whole life. Do you go through stretches where like you don't see the sun for like days at a time? Yeah, yeah. There's there's times like this time of year where it's like uh, I feel like two weeks has gone by and I haven't seen the sun. Uh, like, that might be that might be like a slight exaggeration, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, uh, like there's times when like the, the sky is just like you can't even differentiate like where the clouds begin, like where the sky is. Like it's just gray. That's just what it is. So. <laughs> yeah. So I do, I do miss the sun. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't miss though. Uh, I don't miss the wind. I don't know if you saw me complaining about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you did like your, uh, your, miss, like, your wind rankings wind. or something, right? That's right. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, so, um, I, I was reading. Um, shout out to Nick Stevens. You did an interview with him in his uh, his like that Clear Noise yeah. website he was doing about yeah. music or whatever. So, where did you yeah. you did you start playing? Were you playing in bands in high school? And like, where did you learn like how to play music? How to play guitar? Like, how did you get into like actually start playing music? Yeah. So I guess like music in general. Like my parents kind of made me join like a school band, and I was like fifth grade. Uh, so I did that, and then I probably started playing guitar when I was about 13. My dad had an old guitar he never used. I just started messing around on it, and uh, kind of just taught myself a little bit. And like, I don't know, like even from then, like you know, everybody else, like in that same time frame, it's like, uh, you know, like I learned how to play "Smoke on the Water" or "Crazy Train" or whatever. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. They just would like jam on that for hours and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I just didn't care I like as soon as like I kind of knew what I was doing with the guitar like I just wanted to write stuff and like um like it was really bad <laughs> but like you know I was so like proud that like I was writing my own stuff you know like uh you know writing two chord songs and you know just thinking it was super cool uh, but uh yeah so eventually um in high school, met a couple of buddies who played, and uh, we kind of formed a little little garage band. Uh, we called ourselves the Governator. Nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was, that, that was uh, at the height of, of Arnold's political powers. Yeah, so, uh, very relevant name at the time. Um, so yeah, there was that uh, for a couple of years. You know, like, really didn't do anything, so play for ourselves, and, uh, and then. Uh, 
me and one guy from that band, the drummer, you know, kind of wanted to be a little more serious about it and uh, kind of started, you know, our taste kind of started to feed into it a little more and that was around the time we're getting into to heavy music, into hardcore and, and metal and stuff and so kind of started writing that kind of stuff and uh, just kind of, yeah, the band just kind of evolved out of that and uh, we uh, changed our name to... Uh, uh, maybe an equally terrible name. Uh, it was Cher Noble. Uh, so that's, uh, <laughs> like like that's, Cher that's, that's, Noble? That's tight. Yeah, so Hell that's yeah. like Chernobyl, like yeah. the meltdown, except yeah, yeah. we split it into two words and, and pronounced it Cher. Uh, <laughs> Coming up and, with a band uh, name is like, it's so weird because like, you always want to take it seriously, but like it, it takes a lot of thought and then... <laughs> it just all like your whole band has to kind of just be like, all right, we're really doing this, and then you kind of just yeah, put it, it out does. into the world, and it's just like, all right, there it is. You guys have to decide right. if you want to come see right. us based on our name or not. You know, right? Yeah. And so kind of kind of what happened is we like, we decided like, all right, like we have to have something like more serious than the governor. You yeah. know, <laughs> so like, what are we gonna do? And so like, you know, at the time we're probably like seventeen. We're like, all right it'd be cool to like name our band after like a historical event or something, you know, that happened like, that'd be cool. And so we're all like trying to think of ideas and like, we're like writing stuff down. <laughs> and, uh, and I looked over and, uh, uh, my buddy Ben, a drummer has written down, uh, he's thinking of Chernobyl, but he has written it in two words. He has written Chernobyl, uh, cause he thinks that's the way it's spelled. <laughs> and so we, uh, after, after we got done making fun of him, we were like, uh, okay, no, this is subtly funny. Uh, we're going to do this. <laughs> and so, uh, so we did Chernobyl. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, at that point we, uh, played, uh, for a couple of years, probably about three years and did, did shows locally around, a around Colorado. Uh, spent way too much money making an album, but it was really fun. And, uh, just kind of did that and um yeah then once i moved you know i didn't really have anybody to play with and uh kind of like because the family life and stuff took over like wasn't spending obviously as much time writing and whatnot and then that's when i kind of just started messing around on my phone and like this garage band and stuff like that and i was like oh and if i could make like electronic stuff you know yeah, yeah. goofing around with that and uh um, yeah, and so that's kind of what became the circuit death was, uh, kind of like a little challenge. Like, you know, if I can, if I can write electronic pop music and then I ended up kind of really liking it. And, uh, so I did it more and as much time on that lately as I'd like to, uh, just with growing family and, and moving into the house and everything. But, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of, it's my little outlet for creative creative energy that I need to get out. What was the, um, what was the scene like when you were growing up? Like what were you, like the bands you, like, I think from what I was reading from Nick's interview with you, like you grew up listening to like more heavier type, like, I guess you would call them like scene kind of hardcore bands, right? Like what, yeah. what, what was your, what was your scene like growing up in the music scene? Yeah. So we, we got super into like, uh, Norma Jean and the Chariot yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and stuff like that and 
you know, kind of being like grown up like Christian kids in the church, you know, like kind of all those like August Burns Red and like Under Oath and all those kind of yeah, like yeah, borderline, yeah. you know, bands like that. Um, like, like that, I guess you would call uh, it like non, like non-denominational hardcore kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we had the um, same exact scene growing up here. It was like kids who like, right. I mean, obviously Utah's like super Mormony. So, but there was like a huge right. like group of kids who like didn't want to be Mormon, but they still wanted to like do the God thing. So they listened to like, right, yeah. so they were all like going to like non-denominational churches and listening to like right. same bands like Norma Jean like all the like tooth and nail bands Norma Jean Under right. Earth, yeah. Chariot like um I had so many yeah, friends exactly. who were into like just all of the bands on that label you know like were you was yeah. the, was your scene kind of the same like everyone doing the like the black hair swoop like emo yeah, hardcore oh, yeah. Kid, like, uh, we were we were definitely seen for a minute, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, this is back before they made skinny jeans for guys, yep. so like girl jeans dude, and the whole deal. I got um, on the I got on the girl pants thing for like two or three years oh, for yeah. sure, dude. Yep. Yep, yeah. Yeah, I was all over that. Um <laughs> that was, those were fun days. <laughs> um But yeah, so you know, stuff like that, but then like, you know, we were it, it wasn't like we were like, Oh, we only listened to Christian bands, you know. Um, so, like, I used to listen to like a lot of like Every Time I Die, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Black Black Dahlia Murder, and just I was lots of basically anything heavy. Like I was gonna listen to it. Um, as far as like our local like scene in like, Southern Colorado, though, like uh, a lot of people were into like uh, trashy bad metal, like. <laughs> I, like basically all the local bands on our scene were like uh, some kind of uh, some kind of version of death metal, um, but just not good. Sure. <laughs> it, it was weird. And, just kind of we like were, like, know, like our, breakdown metal, kind of you know. Yeah, and just like you know, like like no dynamics whatsoever. Sure. Like you're just chugging along. Like, and like fast, it, fast it, part, it super slow part, solo. slower part. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, like believe me, we love some breakdowns, but like you know, our stuff was like, especially in comparison to like the bands that we played with, was like super experimental. Like you know, we would do stuff like you know, think of like the Chariot or like you know stuff that's like really like heavy on dissonance and like just like weird time and stuff like that and then like also like you know like we would do melodic stuff but like even our melodic stuff was was kind of weird because both me and other guitarists were like trained by a, a, a jazz and blues guitarist cool. uh, so like a lot of our like a lot of our riffs were like very like kind of bluesy and like southern kind of trashy sounding you know sure, like yeah. so so like uh, it's just very different from like the other five bands in town, you know. So that always made shows interesting because it was we were just drawing a different crowd. But were you, uh, yeah. were you playing guitar in most of these bands? Yeah, so I, I played guitar and, and did lead vocals. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So um, I think we had spoken about it before i don't know i'm i don't know i'm not sure but i think we were talking about the first chariot record were you into the very first one the first chariot 
the very first one that was like sounded really yeah. really bad like it was all live but like that's still my favorite everything cherry. alive that's, yeah. yeah so that's still my favorite so, cherry record it is really good i was kind of late on that one so for whatever reason like i kind of uh like I knew they existed, um, obviously because uh, Josh Scoggin, and their frontman had left Norma Jean. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was but, which like, was I, really, I really which was wild at the time because that Norma was. Jean record like was insane. It was so good, and they were kind right. of blowing up. But then it was like, oh yeah, Josh quit, and it was like, oh yeah, he just left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was really weird. Um, but yeah, Less Smarter is. Uh, is awesome. That's like um, that's the record yeah, that so, kind of taught me how to like scream in the bands that I started like screaming in. Nice, like, yeah. Everything Josh yeah. did on that record, I like. I kind of tried to like copy everything. Like even that one. That's funny because I would, I would, I would credit Josh for like a lot of like my influence as well as far as screaming goes. Because so, even yeah. on um, I think it's Memphis will be laid to waste. He does after he does that really long scream. He goes like. <clears throat> he does that weird like cough and I totally <laughs> yeah. totally copied that for one of my band songs dude I love that That's awesome. yeah yeah so that one I, I think if I remember right kind of like that first Chariot record was like uh, was recorded all at once live just, like, just uh, live and it sounded like the drummer was playing on like trash cans pretty much like it was like yeah like it sounded so sounds so weird yeah. and like <laughs> even though it's cool like it just it's funny because I listened to it today that very very first song where they kind of like plug in and it's all the feedback and yeah, the drummer starts right. to do like double bass and it's just like it's so bad and off and it was like yeah. i don't know what oh, it like, was but i still love that record man yeah it's just so raw yeah and that, it's same thing with the, the first chariot one um but uh yeah that one i kind of like retroactively went back to i, I kind of got into the chariot on uh like the unsung ep yeah and, uh, the unsung ep is so i love that well that that one with like six songs on it is so good yep yeah yeah it's great so i yeah the chariot was probably my my favorite like out of uh, that whole scene um but and like our our live shows were definitely very uh the chariot influenced uh, did you we broke a lot of stuff did you and, bring out like uh, like work lights and stuff too bring out what like work like we kind of did that same thing but i remember i think norma Jean did it but they brought out like they used to use just like work lights like shop lights for a lot of their like oh, lighting yeah. and stuff we did that we copied that really hard nice yeah no we didn't we never we never got the lights but uh yeah we would just Spaz out and throw stuff and go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we didn't have sunlight, so uh, so uh, our drummer and the bassist were brothers, and we would uh, we would uh, put on a lot of shows in the basement at their house, uh, which uh, was definitely uh, I'm 100 percent sure like against the fire code because uh, we would cramp like 80 80 plus people in this basement and uh, just go nuts. Um, but so like you know we had like some kind of like small like black lights and strobe lights yeah. that we would mess around with down there but like that was pretty much it those kind of shows were always my favorite we used to play in like yeah. some of my bands my bands I was in we used to play in like barns or just like living rooms or basements and those <laughs> yeah. still are probably like the, my favorite shows that I've ever played they're so fun yeah yeah because everybody there is generally like really engaged in what's going on like yeah they're fun it's always it's fun to play like a like a night like my band i'm in now we just played like a really nice venue and it's cool because it sounds great but it's like right. you lose a lot of the like um 
um, what like you lose a lot of the like crowd like getting into you because you're like up on a huge intimacy i guess is the word i'm looking for like you're just up on a big stage and everyone's just kind of yeah like it was so fun just like being smushed in with everyone and playing shows like that yeah it is did um i know you mentioned your brother luke did was he in bands and like music with you too or was he doing like completely other stuff yeah no he so he's uh he's pretty musical as well so um so Luke is eight years older than me, so we never really like played together or anything. But he was uh, he was in a in a band. He, he sang for a band when he was in high school, and of course, you know, I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, and uh, they were kind of like this was like what, like late nineties, maybe early two thousand. They're kind of like alt rock, basically. Um, but. Uh, so yeah, so he he did that with my school buddies for a couple of years. But yeah, he plays he plays guitar. So whenever we see each other, we'll, we'll mess around and, and play around together. But but yeah, so oh, yeah. um, tell give the like the cliff note story real fast of the of when your like gear got stolen a little while ago because that story is pretty insane. Oh gosh, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the Cliff Notes version. Okay, so uh, this starts in September of last year. Um, I had uh, I had had my gear in my car, um, so I played uh, um, basically every now and then. Like, so the church we go to, every now and then, I I play music like that. If, People aren't really like in the scene, like you know, going to church or like a non-denominational church, then like you probably have no clue what I'm talking about. But there's a thing called worship bands, and you, uh, you basically like uh, play songs that people can sing in church. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fam- so, I've got friends who who do it, so I'm familiar with it for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so I help out with that every now and then, and uh, so I've been doing that that day, and and came home and. Uh, my parents were in town, so I was hanging out with them, and I was kind of distracted, and, and I left my gear in the back of the car, which I never, ever do. Uh, and this is when I'm still living in a condo, so like shared parking, and uh, left everything in there, totally forgot about it, got up to go to work the next morning, and the back window is completely smashed out, and everything's gone. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's like the worst feeling in the world. Because um, you know, once you and, see the glass uh, on the, like, the pavement you're like dude i know i don't even need to look to see what is going on yeah yeah no i was just like yeah like literally the entire window uh, is gone like, i was like all right yep cool um and uh, you know that was uh like my parents got me that guitar when i graduated from high school like that's what i played like all through like in the band years and everything so like you know tons of sentimental value um so I was pretty crushed, and like I did the whole like police report and everything, and they just had me do it online, and like you know basically after a few months of like you know calling around calling around pawn shops and that stuff, I kind of just gave up on it. And then uh, this year on uh, the Fourth of July, I had a buddy text me and he uh, sent me a screenshot of a of a page on Offer Up. He's like, "Hey man, this kind of looks like your stuff." And uh, I look at it, and it's like 100% definitely my stuff. Like, there's a picture of the guitar case, and it's like 
my stuff is in there, and like I can tell, it hasn't even moved. Like he, you it's know, like he cracked up in the case and just. It's like you had like seen a ghost, pretty much. You're like, oh my god, like that's yeah. my stuff. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I, I mentally buried this thing, and yeah, like yeah. And now it's just like right in front of me. So like, so now I'm mad all over again. You know? I'm like, all right, I'm gonna set this guy up. I'm gonna, you know, I'll start talking to him and see if I can buy this from him. So like, you know, I start calling the police. Like, you know, what can we do? And they're like, all right, you know. Let's figure out, you know, where he is, where he's selling from, and we'll try and, you know, set something up. And so, like, once I start talking to this guy and, like, he agrees to sell to me, they're like, all right, uh, we'll get you in touch with a, a undercover officer in the, in the area. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. Like, I'm about to be part of a sting operation. It's going to be <laughs> like, the coolest moment of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, I, I might get shot over a guitar. This is cool. Um, but, uh, so... I get everything, you know, I'm ready to get everything set up, and I finally get a hold of this guy. And he says he's in, you know, his his offer up says he's in one town, says he's in CPAC, and I call him, and that's the way he wants to meet, and he's like, oh, I'm in Auburn. So I'm like, all right, now I have to call, like, a different police department and uh, try and get the same thing going. So I talked to the Auburn police, and they're like, yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll have an officer to meet you. And so I'm thinking, like, Basically, same plan is going to go down. This undercover cop's going to roll over there with me, and we're going to bust this guy. And uh, so I get down there to the police station, and uh, it's just like your regular, like, uniformed, like, patrol officer. And he's like, all right, so what's the deal? And I'm like, oh, uh, this is how we're going to do this? And uh, Like, like you thought he was going to be all, like, undercover detective-y or whatever, right? Yeah, like, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I thought, and like he's just like ready to go, like he's just gonna march over there. I'm like, oh, how are we gonna do this? And he's like, well, uh, he's like, first of all, uh, basically, it's very slim chance this is even gonna work because like we don't have serial numbers or anything to prove it's yours. But uh, you know, we'll give it our best shot. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'll take what I can get. And uh, so he gets together with his, uh, his his partner and. They, they come up with a plan, and the plan is basically uh, they're going to have me uh, park and hide behind this church across the street, and uh, when the guy pulls up there to meet me, they're just going to rush him and like, trap him in this parking lot. So I'm like, all right, this seems aggressive, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> and uh, so, so I call the guy, you know, I'm supposed to find out what kind of car he's driving, and I find that out, and it's like, you know, he's riding a, or he's driving a, uh, Mitsubishi 3000 GT, you know. So of, of course like, he right, is. Cool. Like, yeah. yeah, right. Of course, of course he is. Like, and this is a, a pretty easy to spot car. So I'm like, all right, cool. And he's supposed to meet me at 6 p.m. So I'm over there and I'm chilling in this parking lot. And at 6.03, I get a call from, uh, from the officer and he's like, Hey, uh, I think your guy no showed. And I'm like, oh, really? Uh, it's only been three minutes. Um, you think you might just be like a little late or something? And he's like, yeah, maybe. But uh, also, we saw a different Mitsubishi that uh, wasn't the one you told us. And uh, we went after that one, and uh, that guy had nothing to do with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, try again? And he's like, so uh, we kind of blew our cover at this point, so uh, we're going to head out. Uh, good luck. And then he just disappears. <laughs> I'm like, what a bummer, I'm dude. I'm like, really? Yeah, I'm like, this is how this ends. And uh, <laughs> so then uh, once the guy, you know, realizes I'm not showing up, he 
text me, oh, oh, I guess you're not coming, C-U-M-M-I-N-G. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, no, man, no, I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, and then I blocked his number into oblivion and uh, drove home madder than I've ever been. What was so, he? yeah, basically it was all a giant waste of time. How much was he selling your gear for? He was, uh, so he was going to sell... So it was a, a Schecter C1 Elite guitar and a, a Vox uh, a Valvetronics amp, and, uh, and he would, basically he was going to sell it all back to me for I think we agreed on like four hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you know it's fairly low, and um, you know the guitar itself, like. It, it's kind of all like, a, you know, that guitar would maybe go for like 250, 300 yeah. bucks right now. Um, but the amp itself was like a $500 amp. Um, but I, he didn't, you know, he didn't have any clue what he had. Um, and uh, he had, you know, a couple of my pedals too, sure, like 100 bucks. And, uh, but yeah, so he was going to sell it all back to me for 400. So, like, yeah. What a, I don't know. What a shitty situation to like. Like have to try and buy your stolen stuff back for like any price, yeah, and then I know <laughs> like for way less than like what you bought everything for the. Uh, I can't even imagine how that right. felt like. Yeah, just no justice <laughs> whatsoever. Did yeah. you end up? So did you end up getting new stuff though? Yeah, I did. So that actually uh, was a pretty cool part of the story. So uh, a buddy from church, like right after it got stolen, like he started looking like on Craigslist and stuff for like the stolen guitar, and uh, he found um, he found the Schecter C1 Elite that um, was not mine. Uh, like there was like a, kind of one little hell that we could we could tell it wasn't mine, but like otherwise exactly like mine, and uh, and he bought it for me, and he uh, he works on guitars, so he like got it all set and nice. like tuned up for me, like basically like in better shape than my real guitar had been in for ten years, so like that was super cool, and uh, and they helped me get a, a replacement amp for that one too, so yeah, it was. Uh, it at least ended well on that front, you know. So it wasn't wasn't so much that I needed the stuff back. It was just the principle of the matter. I really like those Schecter guitars, too. My buddy, who I've been in bands yeah. with for, like, over 10 years, he has one that he got. It was, like, one of the first guitars he ever bought, and he still has it. Yeah. And it's, like, the smoothest playing guitar I've ever played. I love those guitars. Yeah. Yeah, they're super easy to play. I like it a lot. Um, I, well, Going back to Nick's article like that he wrote about you, um, you mentioned... um. <laughs> You mentioned something about how writing your own music feels so much better than like playing cover songs because you always get people who are like, I get this all the time. Like people find out you're in a band and the first thing they ask is, do you guys play your own songs? Like I'll never, I'll never understand why that's the, always the, like the go to like, Hey, you're in a band question, right? That's kind of what you were getting at with Nick. And it's like, no dude, I, I do play my own songs. That's why you start playing music like it's cool to like learn a song to learn how to play a guitar but at some point you're gonna be like hey man i should probably write my own music and put that out in the world right right yeah yeah and i kind of learned that in high school that there was like uh two types of musicians there's like those like us who like just want to write stuff and then there's like the kid who like 
he's really good, but, but like, all he wants to do is play Van Halen. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> and, like, he's really, he's really good at playing Van Halen. Sure. But, like, it doesn't even, like, uh, either, like, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have the creative capacity or he just doesn't want to, like, try and do his own stuff. And then, like, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just people are different because every now and then, like, that group does try and write something and they're like, not many good stick to the man. Like, staying in lane. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is, it's funny. And, like, I, I don't, I'm sure you've had this happen before, like, at shows where, you, like, you're playing and someone's like, hey, play this song. Yeah. And you're like, bug off, yeah. man. Like, what? <laughs> Do you know the under oath? Yeah. yeah, I listen to it in the car. I'm not going to play you an under oath. Or like, how about <laughs> you go out to your car and listen to under oath? You know, right? It's yeah, so, right. That's weird. That's yeah. They do shows too. You yeah. can go watch them play their own songs. Like that's that's thing you can do. So yeah, I, yeah. I have always just enjoyed writing more. You know, one like as a personal creative outlet, but then like you know, kind of like I told Nick, like I try not to set like real high expectations for the stuff I write just because I don't want to be realistic about like my you know my network is not that big yeah. but like you know when I when I write something and I share it and like like that's the reason I do it like I, I want other people like I've poured like emotion and energy into this and I want other people to hear it and like you know when one person says yeah you know that was cool or like you know I found that meaningful like that's all you need man like that's that's why I do it. Like, that's such a, like, I don't know, just such a boost of, like, encouragement. It's like, all right, I guess I'll keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. You know, but. What are you, um, what are you listening to? Obviously, you're a little bit older with kids and, like, the house and stuff. Like, what do you, what do you listen to now? Yeah. You still kind of listen so, to the same um, stuff you've always been into? Or have, or have your, like, your taste kind of, like, gone on another path now that you, like, lead, like, yeah, a different kind Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely expanded. Like I, I, I still listen to a lot of heavy music. Like that's kind of my first love, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, you know, and even back then, like my tastes were like pretty eclectic. Like I was willing to listen to almost everything. But like um, in the past few years or so, you know, got obviously you can tell with the circuit death, I got a lot into like electronic pop and, and kind of like indie pop and stuff like that um, and then um, also like in the last couple of years like you know I, I never like disliked hip hop and rap but like you know I, I would say of all the genres like that's where I kind of spent the least time yeah. uh, and then like I started working with this dude and like uh, like basically all, all he ever listened to was uh, rap and Tom Petty um, and uh, <laughs> you know it's like I, <laughs> I already know Tom Petty so like that's not new but like you know just tons of rap and like a lot of it I didn't like but like uh, some of it like some of it I really did and it kind of like led me to like explore more so like now I'm like really into like a few like uh indie hip hop and, and rap guys um like I you know I don't really care for like, like more mainstream uh, stuff city city scent you know the weekend like that's just not my scene but like um uh more underground guys like uh like Astronautilus is someone really cool that people should check out nice. Uh, P.O.S. is someone yeah, to check out. P.O.S., did you see, he toured with Under Oath for like a few, like a 
few weeks. Did you ever see that tour when it came around? I did not. That's awesome. It was though, cool. Yeah, I mean, he, used, he used to be in like a hardcore punk band. I think uh, back he, before he was before he was rapping. But, he was in. Um, I think he's in a band called Doom Tree. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what that band was. Yeah, and he, he. I think that's what he named his record label after. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I I love those guys and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely has like expanded in that direction. Like ten years ago, like he definitely would not have caught me listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Rock. Let's talk about Rocky's Twitter for a sec, man. I mean, maybe yeah. for the majority of the episodes. <laughs> so, um, so you said, like you said, you were raised in Colorado, moved uh, to the Northwest, and stuff. Like, when did you, when did you start following the Rockies? Um, so I started, you know, started following them more. Obviously, when we moved back to Colorado, um, and paid a little more attention. But even then, like, um kind of went through a phase like in high school where I wasn't like like I still like sports and like the Rockies and the Broncos but just like uh, I don't know if it was just because of the band or whatever but just like was not paying as close as attention um, but um, yeah but definitely was following like through you know 07 09 and and all that and uh, then moved back out here and uh, probably what got me like just focusing more on on baseball in general and paying more attention again was uh, our little family fantasy baseball league, uh, pretty competitive, and uh, so just started you know focusing more on the, the day to day at that point, and uh, especially after living with my brother for a while, you know, basically just watching and talking about baseball like all through the summer, um, and uh, yeah, so then I would say like when I moved up here. And I uh, kind of got settled and, like, you know, had my own TV and stuff again and, like, really started watching games. That's kind of when I, like, I really started following very closely everything again. How do you, um, how do you currently watch Rockies games? I don't know. That's a weird question, uh, but, how, like, how do you get it within your, like, area or whatever? Yeah, so I have the MLB TV, oh, okay, like, gotcha. uh, team, team package. So it's just the Rockies, so... Um, yeah, I usually just end up watching on my phone so my daughter can watch cartoons on the TV or whatever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I get relegated to my little corner. Um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, so I watch pretty much every Rockies game through that. And, uh, you know, Mariners are on local TV. But, um, yeah, so... Um, what are the... Yeah, weird, weird question, but what are the Mariners on out there? Uh, so it's called Root Sports. It's basically exactly the same yeah. as the uh, ATT Sportsnet. They just didn't change their name. Is it just like Root Sports, like Northwest or something? It? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's like everything, like a graphics package, like it's the exact same format yeah. as, uh, as Rockies. How often are you... Um are you watching both Mariners and Rockies at like the same? Like, how do you how do you balance that? Yeah, I would say this year, last couple of years, I've definitely watched more Rockies. Uh, a lot of that is a function of the Rockies being more interesting. Kind of, yeah, kind right of now. on the upside um, a little bit more, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do watch both. You know, if, uh, if I can swing it, you know, and it doesn't 
like my wife and daughter mad, but I'll get the Mariners on the TV. Yeah, you're watching like six that. hours of baseball a day. That's like too much yeah, baseball. Right, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, the Rockies, you know, living on the West Coast, the Rockies games usually start a little earlier for me, and the Mariners don't start till like seven. So, um, kind of stagger them a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of baseball, but it's awesome. So. How did you, um, how'd you stumble into Rockies Twitter then? How did I get into Rockies Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who was, so, who were the people you kind of found that kind of led you to like everybody else? Uh, yeah, as far as in Rockies Twitter, the people I found that kind of led me in are probably Connor, and, uh, like, he's probably one of the first people I followed from Rockies Twitter, and I started interacting with a lot. Like, when I first made my Twitter, I was like, oh, I'm not even going to use this thing. I'm, you know, I'm just, like, following the Broncos, yeah. and, like, <laughs> you know, like, five players, and it's like, you know, you're just, like, my whole account was, like, just following, like, weirdos from Broncos Twitter, like, good morning, retweet if you love the Broncos, <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> so, and uh, just the fact that I lived up here, like, I kind of got more into, like, Mariners Twitter first, but yeah, so then it kind of started, like, working my way in with, uh, like, Connor and uh, Matt Hansen, um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much kind of where it started, and then kind of just gradually started trickling in with everybody else. Have you have you met anybody from Rocky's Twitter? I have not, no. Um uh, I count my brother, but that doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> Dude, it's like, it's uh, weird because last year I met a couple guys, and then this year I met, like, most of the crew, and it's like, it's so fun meeting right. everybody because, like, you get yeah. so used to everybody's personalities online, and then you kind of just, like, right. meet them in real life, and it's just like, oh, I have a right. face to, like, match up to, like, like, Matt Hansen, for example, is, like, yeah, he is, like, a tweet, like, come to life. Like, I feel like every time he talked, I just felt like... <laughs> It was just a tweet coming out of, like, his just face. Tweet, it is so yeah. funny. But it was, like, awesome. like I've met – I mean, obviously, I'm friends with all the Utah dudes, like, Hayden and yeah. Brian. and I've known Brian for a long time. But just meeting Hayden right. and Nick and then going out there and meeting, like, Matt and Rio and Cam and Trim and, like, Ashley and Chris and, like, Kyle. Oh, Kyle, right. Kyle of course. Dude, Kyle's a freaking riot, dude. He's pretty funny. So, But it's, yeah. it's cool. Like, yeah. It'd be rad if you came out here at some point and met everybody. I would love to yeah. like, have everybody together. Yeah, it would be I, so much fun. Yeah, it would be awesome. I really want to. I've had a bit. I, I, I wanted to do that like, this past year and, and just couldn't swing it. But like, yeah. I, I want to go out there for you know a game or a series and basically just tell everyone, hey, you better come out to this game so we can hang out. How um, many of um, how many Mariners games do you try to get to a season, if you even can? Yeah, I usually, I usually probably go to like six to ten a Damn year. It. Dude, that's so uh, rad living. Like, how how close do you live to T-Mobile Ballpark? <laughs> to T-Mobile Park, <laughs> the cell. Uh, the cell, I love that. The cell's so good. That's right. Yeah. So now I probably live about an hour 45 minutes to an hour from it. Um, it's not, so, not yeah, an awful drive. So. Away, but no, it's, it's not terrible. And, like, um, I actually, like, up here, they've got decent public transportation. It's like a light rail station, so I can drive, like, 15 minutes up the road and get on this light rail for a $5 round trip. Sick, that rules, man. And take me back. That's tight. Yeah, so, yeah. How is, yeah, um... That's pretty good. How is there... I mean, I've heard... 
obviously great things about the ballpark, but like, how is it in like mm-hmm. real life, like watching a game there? Oh, it's awesome. It's uh, it and uh, Coors are pretty similar, um, just as far as like the overall vibe of the park. Like, um, they feel a lot the same, but like, no, it's really like like really good food and like I don't know, just um, good views and like it just feels. I don't know, clean, you know, clean, I guess, as much sure. as you can say that yeah, for yeah. A, a ballpark. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. not really clean, but it's like, you know, especially after, like, uh, a couple of years ago, we were down in L.A., and I went to Dodger Stadium, oh, and, like, man. you know, it was, it was cool to do that, but I was like, uh, like I'm in a dungeon. Like, this sure. place is so, like, dingy and, and gross. Um, but, yeah, no, Safeco is uh, T-Mobile, sorry, um, <laughs> is very, yeah, it's, it's a very pleasant park. It's a good place to go. So. Are you a, I know you're a Broncos fan, but are you a Seahawks guy as well or what? No, it's kind of funny. I don't really know like why that happened, but like uh, like in football, like I just, I cannot like wrap my mind around like having two allegiances like sure, that. I, get, and I yeah. think I think some of that is from when we lived here the first time and, uh, you know, the Broncos and the Seahawks were still in the AFC West together. And, uh, so, you know, kind of always getting a hard time from all my friends that were Seahawks fans. And, uh, um, the Broncos were obviously clearly better through that era. So, you know, it wasn't hard for me to get under their skin. But, uh, um, yeah, so, I don't know, it's funny, and, and then we moved away, moved back to Colorado, and, like, I kind of grew, like, a little sentimental towards the Seahawks, because it's, you know, kind of where we were from, um, but, uh, you know, moving back here, and, like, the Legion of Boom and all that changed that pretty quick, uh, and I hate their guts, they're <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> what, what is your, getting back to Rockies Twitter, like, what is your favorite Rockies Twitter meme? Have you had to explain to people in real life like what that is? Like, how do you how do you go how do I, you go about explaining it to people? I have tried a couple times. Basically, I think all you can really say is uh, they do this promotion where you get free tacos. And uh, one time, a guy who was completely unrelated to all of this <laughs> tweeted the word tacos with an apostrophe, <laughs> and we decided that that was the way we were going to say it. And uh, then you get blank stares, and uh, you just kind of carry on with your business. <laughs> it's so, dude, I, I love, like, sometimes on my Instagram stories, I'll be like, I'll just take a picture of tacos and be like, tacos, apostrophe. And, like, people are like, tacos who? And it's like, what do you, that's how you spell tacos. And you just have to go through, like you said, this big thing about, like, yeah, there was a guy who tweeted tacos with an apostrophe. And that's just right. what that's just what we do now. And people are like, "That's really stupid." So. Yeah, yeah. So, so for Halloween, I, I made a jack o' lantern that was a uh, a picture of a taco with a, an apostrophe and yeah. next to it. Hell yeah! And so, you know, I, I posted it on Twitter because I knew that crowd would get it. And uh, I, I was like, I'm going to post it on Facebook. And I was like, wait, no, I'm not. Like, it's just going to be me explaining to grandma, like, 
why I did this, you know, like, <laughs> if they, if, if people can even figure out that it's a taco, then they're just going to be like, why, why is there an S? Why is there an apostrophe? No, your taco like, was, right, your taco was good, though. It had, like, the shading and, like, the letters or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it looks turned like, out, honestly, way better than hell I, yeah. I thought it was going to. <laughs> are you, um, um, are you responsible, like, personally responsible for any Rocky's Twitter memes? Is there one that's, like, kind of, like, you got to kind of um, stick? I feel like you have, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head either. Um, if I have, I, uh, it's probably, like, Ian Desmond related or something yeah. like that. Oh, man. Uh, honestly, <laughs> but, uh, uh... You kind of, you, like, you kind of do the, um, the, like, Mariners like Twitter like you do that pretty good when you bring it into like Rocky's Twitter I feel like you've kind of like taken the mantle of like doing that side of because everyone kind of says the Mariners are like the Rockies of like the AL or whatever right yeah yeah. so you do a good job of kind of like you do you do like the DePoto thing like really well yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, that is a source of pride for me. Is I feel like I kind of helped bridge the gap between uh, Mariners Twitter and, and Rockies Twitter, and got a lot of those people interacting. Uh, is, is there any, but, like uh, like we both know how Rockies Twitter? For people who don't know, like Rockies Twitter is just a bunch of numbskulls who like tweet about yeah. tacos and like how Ian Desmond shit ass and like. Yeah, right. I mean, you kind of have to. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to like be there to know. But like, is there yeah. a Mariners? Twitter that's like that like I've always I think me and Connor had like a DM about this one time about like other fan bases kind of having this like Rockies Twitter like you think there's other fan bases that do that kind of thing I I think but I I think it's different so like Mariners Twitter has a little different personality like um, Rockies Twitter is like super dry and like sarcastic and um, like like we're constantly like trying to create memes whether they stick or not yeah, you know yeah. and like or just beat, they do, or and, like, beating memes into submission pretty much yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and like there's some of that in in Mariner's Twitter but most of it comes from like me and a, and a couple other people um, but like Mariner's Twitter is like more uh, my, my brother put it a good way Mariner's Twitter is more whimsical like most of their humor is like uh, just like a little more goofy and uh, like it's it's still funny but you know just like I don't know more like cheery and not as dry as Rocky's Twitter uh, so it's kind of fun like being in between both of those but like Mary's Twitter is also very like conversational like um, just like basically everybody's like super like cares for everybody and is like you know buddies and it's cool uh, but it is just it's just a, a little different vibe yeah, than yeah. Uh, Rocky's Twitter That's which funny. is a bunch of like you know 20 to 30 something idiots who are just you know posting the same crap at each other over and over <laughs> um, <laughs> which is awesome but. who are some of your favorite uh, Rocky's Twitter follows favorite Rocky's Twitter follows um well, I feel like uh, I gotta say Connor because that's kind of what drew me into it. Um, um, Matt is uh, is one of my favorites. Yeah. He, uh, I remember when Matt kind of first came around and like uh, he had like twenty twenty five followers. Like he didn't even have his face on his page, but he was like always like 
interacting with my stuff and like replying. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he's funny, <laughs> but like, he just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it, it just became Matt Hansen. I was like, all right, this is cool. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, like Hayden and Kyle and the Knicks. Why are there so many Knicks? Yeah, lots, um, of, lots of Knicks, man. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, there's a lot of good choices there. Uh, the PDP boys, um, Tyler Q, I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, <laughs> who is, who is uh, a personally responsible for Tony Three Bags and has not seen a single yes, cent from yes, it yet. And Tony Three Bags is great. Um, oh, uh, while well, I'm thinking of it, this is a really a meme, I guess, but uh, I did want to mention that one of my favorite things that has happened is, uh, I believe it's currently your your header on your, on your Twitter page is your... Uh, Mark Reynolds will hit a dong tonight. Oh I my god! Um, the fact that they put honestly, the fact that they put I, dong I, on the TV is like still makes me yeah. laugh every time I think about it. Yeah, we, for that reason, like I, I might have enjoyed that more than the uh, the Rockies drill that oh, uh, hop one, which was which was also incredible. But like just seeing like those words and your name next to it yeah. on the screen, Mark Reynolds hits a dong tonight. I've foreseen it. I was just like, what in the world so good. is happening? It's, uh, yeah, it's that's ca- fantastic. This year was kind of a bummer because AT&T got, like, kind of wise to, like, what we were up to. Like, it felt like yeah. maybe earlier in the season we were kind of, like, sneaking stuff on. And then yeah. I think once the drill thing happened, I think they, like, they tightened it up, like, way hard. Yeah, like, maybe we should actually start looking at the profiles of the tweets we're sharing all over the all over the station. Dude, I, yeah. I still okay. watch that clip of Taylor reading the tweet, like, out loud and just, like... Just, just crying like I cannot believe she yeah. read it with like a straight face and she's just like oh how sweet and we're all just like oh my god she read it on television yeah, like, uh, like I just, I'm just wondering like do you think there was a moment where like she realized it was kind of weird or do you think like she just thought like this is just a sweet little story about Brad Hop baseball cards I it's, don't, it's I don't funny know. because like, I kind of wanted to like I posted it on Instagram and tagged her and she mm-hmm. replied and she was like you guys are crazy and then I kind of yeah. wanted to, like, go farther and be like, hey, let me, like, maybe get you on the podcast or, like, tell me, right. like, what you think about what you just read on television. But I don't think – I'm not sure she right. would have replied. She would have been like, this guy's creepy or, like, this is stupid. But right. It would have been funny to be like, hey, I don't think you understand, like, what you just did in, like, how Rocky's Twitter yeah. popped. Like, that was probably the hardest we've ever popped on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. It was madness. Yeah. As far as yep. the actual Colorado Rockies go, how are you looking forward to this upcoming season? Um, I, I don't know. I just feel we're kind of in wait-and-see mode as far as like what happened this offseason, which is kind of where we were the last couple of years. Um, I, I, I still think they will be very competitive. And, and pretty good, but I would like to see a couple more moves. And um, I don't know. It's the, the Rockies, like, part to me of, of what makes them frustrating when they're frustrating is, like, feeling like at any given moment, like, they're so close to doing the right thing, and then they just don't, or they just do something weird, you know, like put Daniel Murphy at first base. <laughs> I was just. To, like, I was just going to say real life first base oh like like why do we have to do this you, you know like <laughs> I was just about to say like, uh, here's Daniel Murphy do you like this 
do you like this? <laughs> yeah, right. Like this is our our admission that like Ian Desmond paying him eighty million dollars to be the first baseman was a bad idea. Uh, our admission to that was putting Daniel Murphy there. Like like the Mariners are just like tossing around first baseman right now. Like I don't know, maybe grab one. Like I just I don't know. Like, Did they? So it's just stuff like that that I'm like. Ah. Did they end up signing Encarnacion? They did. So they traded Carlos Santana back to Cleveland uh, and got Encarnacion. And, you know, so now kind of the vibe up here is uh, we won't be surprised if Encarnacion does not make it to spring training For sure. in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know. That just felt like such a weird kind of, like, shuffling the deck kind of move. But, um but yeah, no, I, I'm excited about this next season for the Rockies because I, I think um, for as much as we complained like last year about the young guys not getting the playing time we wanted, like now they're kind of in a position where they'll have to, you know, for like sure. Lemayhu's gone, and like you know, I know we're talking about putting Ian Desmond in the outfield, but like um, you know, how long will it take before? they're not rolling him out there every day. Yeah. So like, you know, hopefully you're going to see more Tapia. Like you might see some Hanson in the outfield if he's not playing a second. So like, I, I'm excited about that because honestly, like I just feel like uh, as competitive as the team was last year with like the gaping holes that they had in the lineup, like uh, whatever McMahon and Hanson and those guys end up being like, can it really be worse than that, you know, than, than what you rolled out from Desmond and and uh, the Chris Iden monster yeah. that was the catcher <laughs> position last year. Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know. I like there's room for improvement on an already pretty good team. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What are a f- what are what are a few things you're excited for for next season? Uh, it's for the Rockies. Yeah. Um, I would say. I'm excited to see how close Kyle Freeland can get to to duplicating Oof. this season. Uh, big big um, Kyle Freeland guy over here. Yeah, big Kyle Freeland guy. <laughs> uh, that's a great great meme, by the way. Dude, uh, he was like just absolutely incredible to watch pitch last year, man. He was like, I'm insane. Like we've never seen anybody just like like that before. It was so much fun watching him every time he'd take the mound, man. Yeah, no, and, and early on in like April and May, I kind of kept waiting for the bottom to fall out, and you know, and to kind of to come back down to you know 2017 levels, which was still like pretty good, um, but like he just was like so consistent, and like, um, and then Marquez, uh, who is a freaking monster, uh, I'm excited to see like. I don't know, hopefully a full year of him pitching at that level and hopefully, you know, just kind of reining in some of some of his uh, up and downs that he had, like, earlier in the year. Like, uh, that one-two punch can be ridiculous, I think. Um, and uh, then beyond that, uh, I'm, I'm excited to hopefully find out what Ryan McMahon like really is like let's get him enough at bats that you know like I don't know that he's gonna be good or not like I, you know 
I'm not as sold on him as some people, but like, let's see, like, let's give him 300 at bats or more and uh, sure. let's find out like what it is, you know? So, and same with Hampson, same thing, but him, like, I feel like he's got a little longer leash. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. I'd like to see a full season of David Dahl as well. Like, I really like yeah. that dude, and I would love to see him, like, not lose a spleen or, like, break a yes. foot. Like, stay or healthy. Break a foot, yeah. <laughs> Just play baseball. Dude, like, stay healthy. Fun. Stay healthy all season, yeah. please. 100, 145 games of David Dahl would be awesome. Like, let's just, yeah. Just for, like, for his sake, like, I feel bad, like, feel like you can't really get going so yeah hopefully that happens <laughs> um we'll, we'll close down here in a little bit i'll hit with some some quick rapid fire questions if that's cool all right um yeah. i've got beef with you because Uh-oh. last christmas i gave you my heart and the very next day <laughs> you gave it away what is that all about i did uh <laughs> so all right so this is uh uh, one day I was listening to uh, an August Burns Red uh, version of Last Christmas. Dude, that, know, fun little those two August Burns Red Christmas albums are so sweet. I, I love those. They are. They're so fun to put on. They are. They're so much fun. I love them. So I listened to that, some sweet little Christmas music, and uh, the thought popped in my head. I was like, I wonder how many versions of this there are. Like, there's going to be a lot. And I was like, you know, it'd be funny if I made a playlist on Spotify of, like, all the versions that are on there and I'm thinking I'm like I bet there's like 80 to 100 versions so that'd be funny and so like I go on there and I start putting this playlist together and like I'm just putting every single song on there every single version there is and like I realize like my scroll is not getting any closer to the bottom Ooh. and so like I just start scrolling and like just doing some rough math I'm like okay there's definitely over a thousand of these oh. <laughs> um, so I was like alright this is getting out of hand and like I you know I do want to have a life uh, today, so uh, so I decided I was going to cap it off at 250, and uh, yeah, so 16 hours of last Christmas. Um, that's a, lo- that's and, a lot uh, of last yeah. Christmas, my man. <laughs> it is, it is, and uh, <laughs> a couple couple highlights from that playlist. Uh, if anybody feels inclined to go through it, uh, there's. Um, there is a version on there that is just a dude singing over the top of the Taylor Swift track. Um, it's as awful as that sounds. Um, and he thinks it's funny. That's the worst part. Uh, he, like, he laughs about it at the end. It's just this dude, like, mouth breathing into the microphone singing the song. And, uh, there's another one. One of my personal favorites is, uh, a woman, uh, singing, uh, with, uh, a little bit of uh, she's she's Latina and uh, a little bit of an accent, and uh, she basically gets to the end of the song lyrically, and uh, then there's there is a literal two minutes of vocal ad libs uh, over the over the chorus music just looping, just two minutes of oh baby babies and uh, like everything she can think of, and it's so uncomfortable and wonderful and. Uh, <laughs> It's really, there's a, <laughs> it really just adds to the flavor. There's a a Wham one that's actually pretty popular, right? Yeah, so the Wham one that's that's kind of the main one that everybody knows. I hear uh, that one on the we listen to the Sirius station in both of our cars, and yeah. I think that one is on all the time. Right? Yeah, yeah, that one gets played a ton. Um, and I, uh, you know, in isolation, it's fine. Whatever. It's a, it's a dumb like Christmas breakup song, which you know. 
really understand. But um, but yeah, when you put 250 of those bad boys together, um, it changes you as a person. So, <laughs> who is your favorite Mariners player of all time? My favorite Mariners player of all time uh, is probably Griffey. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the most obvious answer, but it's definitely true. He's the coolest. Did you finish those nachos yet? Uh, hey, man, uh, I definitely finished the nachos the first time. So, uh, <laughs> not really what, sure what, what you're getting at. What is that from exactly? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yeah, this is good. <laughs> it's kind of my one meme, and it's not team specific. But uh, so basically, uh, a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> I, uh, this is kind of when I first met some people from Mariners Tour. Uh, I wanted to go to a game with them. And, you know, they'd ask if I could come. And, like, you know, I didn't, like, none of my buddies were available to go or anything. And my wife's at home. And, you know, so I, like, you know, like, sulk up to my wife. Like, uh, can I go to a baseball game with my Twitter friends that uh, I haven't met before? And, uh, and she's like, yeah, you can go. Uh, but you have to buy one of those uh, the nachos that come in a helmet and uh, give our daughter the helmet when you get home. It's like, all right, I can do that. And so I go and like, uh, these nachos are, they're like 18 bucks. And, uh, yeah. Is it literally just, just yeah. chips with cheese and like jalapenos on it? No, it's actually really good. Okay, it's good, like, good uh, it's got, it's, yeah, it's got carnitas, uh, pork in it. And it's like, uh, there's beans and cheese and sour cream and like basically everything. Like it's, they're like deluxe nachos, like in a batting helmet and, uh, it's massive and delicious. But, uh, yeah, so I had those and basically spent the whole game trying to, to hork those down and, uh, definitely, uh, definitely finished all of them. Uh, so, you know, if anybody tells you that I didn't, uh, they're, uh, spreading falsehoods. <laughs> you know, I would, I would never lie about something so trivial as finishing nachos. So, uh, you can definitely trust me on that. Well, I'm glad we got that, uh, taken care of on the podcast. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite Pantera song? I don't know if this is my favorite, but like, uh, all I can think of right now is like the local station in Colorado basically just played walk like all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like uh, that was the one Pantera song they had. So, uh, like, just like whenever anyone says Pantera, like it takes me forever to think of any other songs because it's just Walk playing over and over in my head. Um, which is fine; it's a perfectly good song. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What? What's your favorite Under Oath song? Favorite Under Oath song? Okay, let's see. Um, I'm gonna go from I'm gonna go from uh the Define a Great Lion album. I'm gonna say let's see if I can remember names here. It's hard. Some of the some of the names of the album. songs are kinda hard to figure to hard, hard to remember. Yeah, it's uh it's track seven, Tyler. Uh remember what track seven is? Uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, really, I, I I love that whole album though. Like I um, I didn't get quite as into uh, they're only chasing safety the one before that. Like that had more of the hits. I feel like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that was definitely more like screamo scene, um, and uh, it was fine. But um, yeah, to find the great line was my jam. Oh, yeah. Last question: How is it? How's being handsome? 
Housing, handsome? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, waking up every day and knowing that, like, I don't have to worry about not being handsome. Because um, it's, it's like, you know, it's kind of uh, known that you're, like, low key, like, the most handsome person on Rocky's Twitter, I feel like. Oh, is that, is that known? I think so. <laughs> is that a thing? Oh, okay. Well, that's, people that's are, good. That's, people are saying funny. it. People are saying it more and more these days. People are saying it more and more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, now I got to live up to that. I hope I remain remain somewhat handsome. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, um, if you'd like, if you'd like to just maybe shout out like where people can find you online and stuff, that would be sweet. Yeah. Uh, so the. The old Twitter handle is uh, at ShaneHall31. Um, I was not creative enough to think of something else at the time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, the music that I have not made in a while, but hopefully will soon, uh, that's uh, The Circuit Death. Um, and that's what the at is to at The Circuit Death. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my online presence right there. Awesome. Well, bud, I appreciate you coming on. You are very cool, and this has been a super good time. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Stick around for a second. Thanks for being very cool. Thanks, man. Your cue is a huge success. All right. Huge, gigantic, monumental thanks to my buddy Shane for coming on and doing the podcast, coming on the phone after putting his kids to bed. It was fun. I like Shane a lot. He's a super cool dude. Like I said, like he said, you can find him on Twitter at the Shane Hall thirty one, and his uh, music project, The Circuit Death. You can also find that on Twitter at the Circuit Death. Would lead you to some SoundCloud stuff or whatever. Give that a listen; it's cool stuff. But anyways, thanks to you guys for coming back. The podcast, you know, enters the new year. Hopefully, turning a new leaf, getting more episodes out more often. I love the podcast. I love you guys. I love you guys for coming back. It's super fun to do. I love, um, you know, giving you guys a little window into the people I'm into, especially Rocky's Twitter stuff. If you guys um ever want to, you know, see what's going on on Rocky's Twitter, just maybe, I don't know, get on Twitter, follow at Rocky's, you know, you'll find everybody there somewhere. Maybe even just search hashtag Rocky's Twitter. That's where everybody's at. It's a super fun time. Baseball season's coming up. I'm excited. It's going to be fun, man. I miss baseball. But once again, thank you guys for coming back. I will catch you guys around. You can always find me online on Twitter and Instagram at TylerQ in Utah. But anyways, have a safe Christmas. Have a safe Q-smas, like we always say around here. But anyways, have a good one, guys. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Cool. Very cool. Cool. Very cool. Cool. Very cool. Cool.